Good morning, uh, and welcome to this week's What Comes Next Live. Um, I say good morning, it's 10 o'clock, and for the podcast listeners, we're recording this week, not at 5 o'clock on a Tuesday UK, UK time, but at 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. Um, my guest uh, in, in over 100 shows, my third repeat guest, is uh, Tom Ahmad of Bailey Ahmad Business Recovery, who lives around the corner from me, and I'm looking forward to our next winter walk. Um, Tom and I had lunch a few weeks ago, and I thought so much has changed in his business this year that it'd be good, having had him on at the beginning of January um, this year, it would be great to bring him back on again. And I also love modeling of work-life balance because Tom is the father of four children, all, I think, currently primary school age. I'm not sure if the oldest is moving. One's just gone to secondary. One's just gone to secondary. But um, five o'clock uh, is not necessarily the best time to, to do, a, do a call. But 10 o'clock in the morning, they're all in school. So a great example of modeling work-life balance from a business leader. Anyway, welcome back, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Looking forward to it. I can't believe, to be honest, so much has changed since we spoke last. Um, but it hasn't been that long, has it, really? The world, I think for lots of people, the world is shifting so fast. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. Yes, uh, I listened to the beginning of our, uh, I re-listened to the beginning of our conversation from January. And it was quite stunning to remember that there'd been, you know, the first Omicron variant and our lives were dominated by lockdowns in winter and, mm. and COVID issues. And, I actually had my own little reminder of it this week because I had a bit of a cold and I tested positive for COVID. I thought I'd better test before I go into town for a meeting mm -hmm. yesterday and tested positive for COVID for the first time. So I managed to dodge it for over two and a half years. Um, but as you can tell from my slightly husky voice, um, I'm, I'm very lucky having had four jabs. I'm just getting a mild cold. So, um, But yes, it, it's disrupted me because I had several face-to-face -face things, including speaking mm -hmm. at an event on Thursday. Mm. Um, which um, obviously had to not happen, but it was just a bit of a reminder and a reminder to me of how resilient we are. Um, you know, we, we, we tend to move forwards um, and progress quite a lot. And just the, my little notes is that what you talked about as your themes at the beginning of the year were looking at your team and yourself and everybody else around was that the energy was a bit down. So you said, what do we need to maintain energy? And it was, is to focus on our stability, clarity, and pace. And that's where you were 10 months ago. I think I may have thrown a lot of that out of the window, if I'm being honest with you. Um, yep. I think that the, the reality is that the world shifts so much yes. that stability is a really hard thing to achieve. When, um, <coughs> because I think it's more of a sense of how people feel, I think I was talking about. I mean, we're all... Yes. We've all proven that we're incredibly resilient, adaptable to change. Um, the economy is very adaptable to changes. We've all we've all dealt with it actually surprisingly well. Um, so I think it's more about managing people's sort of comfort and perception with change. Mm -hmm. So um, so I, I guess instead of thinking about stability as such, it's almost making us a bit more anti-fragile, including myself. Mm -hmm. um, which was just an accidental shift because it's impossible to create st stability when the world is shifting around everybody individually. Um, uh, business is changing. Calls upon us as a as a business have, have changed. Um, so, well, ten months on, 
or whatever it is months on. Um, what I've worked on is, is when I've faced a challenge or a problem, mm-hmm. I've built the resource or asset to try and manage that problem better. Mm-hmm. So shifting my mindset from, you know, thinking a, a challenge is a bad thing, but a challenge is an opportunity. Um, okay. And for us now, we have put in a lot of the pieces um, that will allow us now to, I guess, go to the next stage of our development as a business. Um, you know, I'm still I'm still the boy that grew up above a shop in South Norwood. I'm still sort of business is part of who I am and business and life is, is a mix. Um, but what we've now got is I, I, I realise that the value is in having a great team. I knew that before, but, you know, really, really leveraging that. Um, and for me to let go a lot more. Mm. Um, having started the practice with Paul in 2007, where we did everything ourselves from stuffing envelopes, you know, buying the laptops, all those little things. You know, there's a tendency to get in and fix stuff yourself. Mm. Um, that only gets so far when there's only, only so many hours in the day and you're still providing advice to clients and you're, you, you know, you're managing a team. So putting in the leadership team that really, um, creates almost that, that, that sort of, um, that's the strength, I think, in dealing with the challenges. You know, we've got a, you know, a, a HR director now. We've got a, an FD. You know, we've given, I've been quite clear about my role in sort of heading, heading up the strategy. We've got people that are taking a lead in sales and the various service lines. And even though we're relatively small, we've built a structure that can, can weather a much bigger, bigger operation. Mm-hmm. Um, but really that's more about being better able to deal with the challenges, which you can turn into an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done all the sort of the, a, a lot of the tech infrastructure. That's the easy bit. You know, we've, we had moved to a, a business that didn't bring people to work, but brings work to people. Mm-hmm. Which is a which is a big shift. Shift people call it flexible. Some people call it remote working. You know, I, I, it is flexible, but for me, it's making sure that the work comes to the people and not the other way around. And mm-hmm. that's been been fantastic. But also ch- changing how we work because that is a different way of working. And there's been a lot of trial and error in that process. Um, you know, and shifting the emphasis of how we operate, we've become much more the front foot. And putting those pieces in place, uh, as well as being really clear on our values, which we did some work on before, um, is really putting us in a position where we can respond to the needs of our clients and business. You know, we're in the business of not just business recovery now, we do debt recovery, credit control, and also commercial finance. Because really we're in the business of keeping businesses going. Um, mm. Um, the biggest challenge is cash flow and cash flow just isn't at the insolvency end. It happens much earlier on. And it's a challenge also if you're a successful business and you're trying to grow. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to, um, have a network, um, and a group of people that we can bring together. Um, and that's required a lot of change, um, a lot of uh, adapting and compromise and a lot of you know, being stat, stood corrected, mm-hmm. you know, bringing someone in to do it, to do something, they're going to do it maybe a bit different to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what chat has been a challenge for me 
in terms of developing my own my own way of leading um, and working with others. So yeah, so where I am now and where where we are as a business now is that we've just got a fantastic team um, who are much clearer on 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 what we're all doing. We're all focused on those things. And now we're just trying to look up and go, well, what's the world look like around us now? And coincidentally, um, there is a real need for what we do. So I'm almost very glad that we've got <coughs> in place so that we can respond to the world around us. Um, and we're not so local anymore. You know, our, our, our team is very spread. Right. Uh, we've got a team member in Newcastle, we've got someone uh, down on the south coast, we've got uh, some support overseas, and we've got quite a distributed team. Um, and we've also got additional skills um, with specialisms in other areas other than insolvency. So we're all learning about each other and what we can offer in this new a new format. So, yeah, a lot of change, but each one of those changes have been necessary to respond to a challenge we faced along the way. Let me pause you because I would encourage any business leader who, if they introspect, recognizes they need to let go a little bit um, and put structures and empower their teams if they're going to get to the next level. I'd encourage them to listen to that monologue you just had um, because I wrote down about eight things, which in my experience supporting leaders in that position, you and your partner in the business, Paul, you have done in the last couple of years. You and I first met about two years ago, and first of all, I'm going to poke you a little bit. It's not a coincidence that the people in the economy need what your business provides now. You actually saw that coming a couple of years ago, right? Um, and you got Because the two of you have between you nearly 40 years' experience in this business. Um, and the, the brave leadership was going, we need to invest when things are you know, quieter, quieter. We need to, we need to invest rather than draw money out of the business. We need to invest in the business and get it ready. Um, you mentioned the word, the the phrase anti-fragile. Um, what does that mean to you? Um, on a personal level, I think it's, it's almost an element of stoicism about okay. the realities of a world, a world around you. Um, understanding change happens and things happen outside of your control mm-hmm. and finding the skills and finding the kind of the mental capacity to cope with that as best you can. Yeah. Okay. So for me, that, that then puts you in a position to make the best decisions mm-hmm. on how to respond to those events. So... Just to, <clears throat> just in case um, Nicholas Nassim Taleb is listening to this podcast at some point who wrote the book Anti-Fragile, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to kind of give you his definition, um, mm-hmm. but also use that as acknowledgement because I heard you say that, wrote it down, and then there's various things you talked about, which I'll just, I'll just reflect on these a little bit. To him, he wrote the book Anti-Fragile because people, the, he wrote the book, the concept of black swans, which is, Extremely rare events that are unpredictable, unpredictable, but when they happen, have a huge impact. <clears throat> so people would have said, so what do I need to do? And he said, not just 
build resilience, make sure you're ready, make sure you can cope, make sure you've got the cash flow, etc. But to be anti-fragile is to set yourself up so that not only are you resilient, but that you can then, in the language you talked about, of every in language you and I both use, of every challenge is an opportunity, <coughs> that you're ready to respond, not react, that you're ready to do positively well when things which previously could impact you and find you fragile, if you're anti-fragile, you've actually gone beyond a level of maintenance, but you've gone to a level of, of doing even better when things are problematic. So in listening to you, um, you put a leadership team in. Um, you've also noticed, noted that sometimes they're not going to agree with you. Um, and so you've got to like, sometimes they might do things better than you in specific areas, uh, which are all things that small business owners need to look at. And your business is not so small anymore. Um, but you're in a position where you can scale the opportunities so that when, as the, as people, as you are needed to help businesses keep going in different forms, your business is well set up from being distributed around the UK to having the work come to people rather than come to the work, to having a larger team, to having a functional team that knows who's responsible for what. Um, you're, you're really well positioned commercially to to respond when so instead of you know creaking at the seams because you haven't got the people or the IT systems or you don't have a clear set of values through which you behave and make decisions over the last couple of years you've worked extremely with extreme focus um, through the pandemic and and really yes it COVID is still with us but the the day-to-day impact of the pandemic is behind us um, on business um, you know, just to commend you that you've, you know, you've really committed to this and you definitely have an anti-fragile business. So your business is booming, basically. Uh, thank you, Tom, for that, that sort of synopsis. You know, the, I think that, I think that the truth is, um, I, with, with the people around me, I recognize that actually I like working with people that are better than me. Um, but it, but it also naturally, uh, has the effect of making you feel a bit insecure, uh, imposter syndrome. So that actually uh, is part of who I am, but I still move forward with that. Talking to my son about courage, it's moving forward when you're afraid. Um, moving, you know, him going to secondary school was a real mm. big moment for him. Mm. So I've recognised I have courage in me, but the truth is, you know, like everybody else, um, we are learning as we go, and learning requires a bit of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And um, there have been times, and many times over this period, that I've felt as vulnerable as a business owner that's had a bad debt and that's going to f- potentially fail. But I've also seen in all the work that I do the the power of individuals to deal with crisis beyond their own maybe their own belief. And I've certainly started to reflect and see that in myself. Mm-hmm. So um, those these moments aren't easy at all. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, when you do hear somebody and you ask, you know, you, you, stand, you stand corrected and you see, see someone show their talent and skill and you step back, it's fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's um, and that's made me stronger and better, even though in that moment, I didn't, you know, I was weak and I didn't have the answer. And I've, I, you know, and I'm sort of going around that, but I think you gave a, a really sort of strong, you know, fantastic, maybe um, that we had this all planned out and everything. It didn't work that way. And I don't think no. business really does. 
think it works in that, you know, you, you try your best. And as long as you don't get in the way of yourself and you, as long as you are not too proud. Mm-hmm. And I think pride is actually, I'm a, I'm a proud person, but not to the extent that it, um, it can damage you. And I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, a lot of very strong characters, a lot of strong directors. And actually, you know, they've had warning signs from people around them and they never responded to that because it was just too proud. Didn't talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so Paul and I have had each other. Mm-hmm. We're very different characters. So it's not just been about me. We've all, we've both had reflection. I've had time with you. Um, I've had time with my peers and colleagues and, um, it, I've been lifted up by those around me and I hope I've done something to lift them up. Um, and that's fantastic. So the lesson in that, in lesson in that to me is that we can all achieve a great deal if we open up to those around us and we're prepared to learn and listen. I talk too much often. Um, and I am learning to listen more. <laughs> And that's my wisdom emerging and my maturity. But I'm in my early 40s. I think the other thing is perspective. Yeah. Paul said to me, Tom, you're always trying to get there today and you need to pace yourselves. Um, I'll still try and get there today, but I recognize that I can't do it on my own. And, um, well, I, I, you're, 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 you're sharing for the podcast listeners some of your, introspective insights mm. um, and if I reflect to you in the time I've known you, you you might not have said this to a public audience a couple of years ago about the imposter syndrome piece mm. being impatient and all of those things and what it speaks to me is I've got these you know I I have this belief that if if current if leaders have four attributes of what I call open leadership in in tandem there's a strength and repetition is valuable I've said it before on podcasts is this two, the two pairs. And the first is, are you brave and hungry? So, you know, you definitely... I've got four young kids. I've got no choice, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely wanted to bring your business forward. Take it to, no, you definitely wanted to bring your business forward, take it to the next level. It was also driven, both you and Paul, by a sense of purpose and values. Um, but this, but those those on their own could be exhausting. They could, be, they could even be toxic if you're just brave and hungry. Drive, 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 push, ego, all that stuff. But you, what you just demonstrated in um, in spades with with what you just talked about was the uh, the other couplet of the four is the brave, hungry, but also open and humble. Mm. So you know if you're only open and humble, then then that can be an energy downer for everybody potentially. Yeah, yeah. Going, yeah we, we, we've got Agreed. a great, we've got a fantastic team. I'm just using some of your words. We've got a fantastic mm. team. We're, we're positioned really well for to help businesses to grow our own business to in all the different areas you've added new areas you've added new business streams um but you you know you bring with that this openness so that people can bring forward ideas and not be shot down um but yeah it's you know i've been uh, kind of alongside you and paul on part of this journey and kept up kept up to speed with you the last year or so and uh you know it's just fantastic to see you know beginning to come into place so these there are bumps in the road um, and there are tough mm. moments, but you've had this consistent commitment to learning and growth and uh, both for yourselves and the business. Um, and I think an example, did you not say to me at lunch that you're not taking appointments anymore? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, re- I'm certainly reducing them dramatically. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the case because 
This can hurt, but, but if, for people who are not, you know, noting, noting, if you're in an insolvency practice, that's a major shift for one of the partners in the practice to, you know, radically reduce the number of, of, of appointments as, as, you know, that they take. I think, do you know what? There's a couple of things I just want to tell you that there's a recognition is, you know, there was a time where you had to do everything. Yeah. And spread yourself. Um, I think when, when we've created a team, we've looked at, you know, what roles need to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And who are best placed to fulfill those roles. And in this period of quite fast change, you know, it's, it's a, it's a bit like we've built this boat now that can take a, a, a large crew, but it needs steering and it needs managing. And that's complex. Um, and allowing some space to, um, to do that. And I've just been handed a cup of tea from my wife. So. That's the right time. Um, uh, yeah, so to do that requires commitment. At the same time, I'm really keen to empower and bring on the people that join our business mm-hmm. um, and join our team, you know, because it, 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 it's quite broad. And one of the things about staying in a position you know, where you're, you're sort of responsible for doing it. You know, I'm shifting to being a bit more of a mentor. Mm. So I'm asking someone else to do it that I know, trust. Um, my job is to put the resources around that team um, and to be beside them. And I think use the analogy um, of a pilot and a co-pilot. So whilst I might not take the appointments, I'm sitting next to them. So you've got control now. Mm-hmm. And how are you feeling about it? Um, and What's what's really cool about it is one I've got a business partner that's still doing that piece, so that's easy. You know, it's easy because I, Paul and I are, are very close, and we always collaborate, even though on on everything. Um, but we're now collaborating with Matt, and we're collaborating with the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. We're putting in KPIs, we're putting in infrastructure that will reduce the risk of failure and enhance their ability to do it. But if I'm still sitting in that seat. I'm not moving forward to doing the bits that the other people are doing, and they're not um, stepping forward into that space too. Mm. So me moving away, actually, I've seen Matt, for example, who's taking a lot of the appointments now, grow massively Mm -hmm. in terms of his commitment. I've also seen a flourishing of his ideas. And so that, so in terms of the output for the clients, they're getting the best bits of more people. Um, and for me, you know, I'm I'm sort of standing a bit more front and centre, more confidently in a different space. And, you know, I've got to perform. But I've not got the excuse of being distracted here because I've got somebody else that's covering that off. It's been a it's a big shift. Um, it's a big shift, but it's the right shift. It, it's doing the right thing for the for the for the team at this time. Um, but yeah. I remember years ago when I was building a team <coughs> um, very rapidly in a business, in the coaching business, uh, we were all taken to a conference overseas <coughs> and they asked for a team to volunteer to do an exercise. And our team we would always step forward and we, we volunteered. And they, they marked out on the ground in this conference room with everybody around us, the shape of a ship. I said, 
what position on the ship is everybody going to take? And it was an energetic exercise. And it was really interesting who saw themselves uh, as the captain, who saw themselves at the front of the ship, who saw themselves in the engine room. And this, to some extent, is you um, being the captain, like, you know, at the highest point of the ship, um, steering, look, looking ahead. And you're no longer saying, hang on a minute, I've got to go down to the engine room uh, for a while. Um, you, you can continue to steer it. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I think, I think, do you know what? I think um, one of the things that is a reflection is that I kind of live in the future a little bit. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and that, that, and that living in the future and then being pulled into the now quite, quite a lot in the day. And I, I, it, it will always happen. You know, we're a growing business, you know, and it, and, and I will jump in and do what I need to do. But I'm very much living in the future and, in a way, you need to stay there a little bit longer sometimes. If you drag back, it's like being yeah. interrupted. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a real challenge. I'm, I, I can, I can see what pieces we have in place and what optimization needs to happen. But really what I'm thinking about is what's the next yeah. piece that will have, you know, what's the next challenge coming up and how can we prepare for that? Mm. Um, and I didn't, appreciate the value until you sort of look back but actually i had done this before the pandemic i was playing with microsoft teams i was speaking to our it guys a year before about yeah. moving to microsoft azure and they said well you don't need to do this tom you've got a team in an office they're quite happy you've got everything you need but i still played with that so when the pandemic happened i already had the answer or the option yeah um and that's continued um and the, the good thing about that is good for the business. The bad thing for me is actually I don't often spend enough time reflecting on those good sets because I've moved on now. I'm thinking about the next bit of the future. It, it, it's really, this is really made great to listen to all of this. And again, I encourage people to listen to this very carefully because if they, if they run a business or lead any organization of any kind, um, I was working with a client recently who said something very similar to me that they know that that the self-awareness is huge in the leader. Mm. So being aware that you typically operate in a future space and look around your, you know, the the client I was working with is part of a C-suite of a larger company Mm. and they know that they have to look at their peers and say, where do they sit? Mm. And the CEO who they work with is going to be operating in a, whose job is to be in the future space. Right. Um, the job of the C-suite is, is generally to deliver on the vision, and, um, but also be strategic. But when they work with their team, they sometimes need to be more in the now, in the operational. And the last piece there is you talking about, well, it's time, it's useful to pause and go, well, you know, what actually happened before crashing on with the, with the next thing? Um, I want to just take the last few minutes of having had you talk through, for those listening, you know, many nuggets, almost a masterclass on you know, transforming a business through leadership. Um, the future piece. Mm. Now, I mentioned I, that, I, you know, I'm sitting here isolating because I tested positive for COVID. But, yeah, nothing much changes for me uh, because I mostly work online. Um, and I'm very fortunate to not be ill. Um, but I, I was supposed to be the speaker at a dinner for a bunch of CEOs on Thursday. Yes. And I'd like your thoughts on this. Um, these are all CEOs of profitable companies, turning over from the few million to the tens of millions, right? So as in revenue levels, for those not in the UK, um, the UK has this weird choice of the word turnover, which for the rest of the world means how often are our staff leaving? Um, so um, 
So they're all profitable right now. But what's the crystal ball? So I didn't want to do the usual year-end update. But what I did do is say, let's run a thought experiment that the recession will last for three years. Yeah. Not just six months or 12 months, everything will be fine, but but will actually last for three years. I think that's the way to approach things. going to last for three years. So I had a, a way of framing what will you do now? What, what opportunities will I create, et cetera? What are your thoughts on, you know, what, what would you, questions would you ask or advice would you give to businesses? Because you did, first of all, I think what we, we can both agree on is the very first thing to look at is what's your cash position? Mm-hmm. What's your balance sheet? How much finance can you have available? If you can get a line of credit in place, whether or not you need it right now, if you can buy into the idea that the recession is going to last longer than six to 12 months, you may well need cash. Yeah. And and if you can secure it now while commercial financing is available, even if you don't need to draw it down, that's an insurance policy worth having. Um, but what are, what thoughts would you have to give to business owners and leaders about the your crystal ball looking into the future? Uh, do you know what I think? I think we're dealing with a very set of different circumstances in this recession. Um, it, I think it will. Um, Coming out of a pandemic, coming out of Brexit, uh, just an, uh, there's a war in Europe, all the things that we've heard in the news. I, I, I think you just need to look at the stability of your business and, and all the, you know, the foundational piece. How exposed are you? And try to de-risk yourself mm-hmm. in as many places as, as possible. Um, and I think it's a little bit at the minute hunkering down and seeing what happens. Um, now, for me, my 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 business is slightly different because we're sort of counter cyclical. Yeah. So, um, and I have to say, during the pandemic, when we weren't very busy, and I do know some of our peers were furloughing staff because insolvency actually wasn't needed during the pandemic, largely because there was a lot of government support. Yeah. But we were investing in infrastructure. What you said, we kept our team on, but we got them to to reconfigure and recalibrate. So. That doesn't mean you, you don't spend money, but I think you have to do it on things that are going to set you up for the other side of this and yeah. allow you to survive a, a protracted period. If um, if the recession isn't as bad, brilliant. You know, you know, you you, you may not have grown as much in the period, but you, you've got a sound base to move forward. Mm. But I do think it will be a survival of the fittest. Yeah, I do think um, that probably needs to happen. In our economy, I think we've been in a period of prolonged, you know, I suppose prolonged growth, you know, and I, I, we've never really had a recession for some time. For many business leaders and owners, they've not experienced the time like we're going to go through. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just think keep your eyes open, strip out the fat, be focused, stay nimble and lean and let, and just see what happens. Um, I, I think that's just a win-win all round. Well, um, I would go a bit, I would go a bit further. Um, I would also say talk to people who are old enough to have led businesses through a recessions and b environments of higher interest rates. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a very, rates, very good point. Higher yeah. interest rates are here to stay for a while, and people thrive through that when that was the norm. So there are ways to look at it, and I just, my, I guess, my one thought would be, you know, the the all the notes I had to speak to these CEOs started in the way you talked about. But then I would I didn't use the word anti-fragile, but having talked about it with you, 
I loved the the Warren Buffett phrase, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. So from a business mm-hmm. opportunity standpoint, Warren Buffett's company has over $100 billion in cash sitting right now. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they were fearful when others were greedy. They were not buying at the top of the market. Mm-hmm. And he also has an analogy that imagine you're an investor and you your investments are like having a revolver, an old six-shooter. Yes. You could only make six investments in your lifetime. How would that make you think differently about investments? So I look at the, the UK property market right now, which I'm looking at for myself. Mm. Right? And I'm currently thinking it's not six or 12 months or look at it in the spring. It's in the area that you and I both live in. The kind of nice houses around here, those people are not what we call in quotes motivated sellers. They're not going to be willing to drop their prices because the market's dropped in the next six months or even 12 months. But if the market stays down for 18 months, then the opportunities will come to buy things at a lower price. And the same thing, I'm just taking the opportunity to share some of the thoughts I didn't get to give at this dinner on Thursday. <coughs> then the opportunities come. So if you're in business, <coughs> the, the reality of business is those who are de-risked, those who are resilient, those who are have the ability to be cashed up, um, they, the, the opportunities to buy other businesses will come not necessarily really quickly, but the longer things go on, the more those, so 2023 is, is, is there'll be opportunities. But if you're in the, if you're thinking of expanding and you, you, you can get in a position where you can do that, turning this challenge into opportunities will happen more in 2024. Yeah. And, and I'm actually just encouraging people to spread their timeline out. And as you and I both said, if it, if it, if the recession doesn't last that long, fine. You know, they're great. It's not so bad. Um, but if it does, then how can you be anti-fragile? How can you turn that, that negative into a positive for you? Yeah. And, and I think also look at the, look at the people around you <coughs> and invest in good people. And there aren't that many. And by giving them more skills, giving yourself skills, um, and giving yourself time to look around and respond, you know, you'll just be in a better position to respond to those opportunities. Whether you buy businesses or whether those businesses just wither and you just perform better and you just take on those clients. Take those clients, yeah. You know, uh, uh, be customer focused and customers have changed, mm-hmm. you know, um, where they shop, how they shop, what they do. And that's all been accelerated. We've tried to keep alive businesses during the pandemic as we wait to see what happens. I think now we're clearer what's going to happen. Um, my my job will be to recycle those those assets back into the economy in a different way. Um, but you know we'll get through it. The, the one thing that Tom, that the pastor, showed me talking to you know my father's generation, mother's generation, and people that have just been there for. Um, well, everyone will get will get through this. Um, and also we just need to look out for each other. The other thing, Tom, is I do think there's an there's a big place for community. Yeah. So we're here talking about business. Um, there are vulnerable people out there. There are vulnerable neighbours. Um, and I think we do have a duty to, to support those that are struggling. Yeah. Even in, in, in our business, if you've got members of your team that need extra support, but around you, um, that there's a, there's a good place for us to be entrepreneurial in our communities and entrepreneurial when thinking about, um, if you're going to rebuild or reconfigure about the environment, you know, 
can we do things in a, a more fuel efficient zero carbon way? All of those things, they're on the table. Um, so it's about saving money in some places, but investing in the right way. And that's, that's broader than, um, just the sort of the obvious business things. True. And, and just to pick up on one last thing you said, it's, it was one of my key themes for, for the, those CEOs I won't get to talk to. And you said one of the things is it may be one of the things that often gets cut in a recession is people. Yeah. Wherever possible, recognizing that sometimes you, you have to make some very tough choices as a business leader in a, in a recession to cut costs and cut staff. Wherever possible, invest in your people because it will pay dividends in the long run, just like invest in your community um, and find ways to do that. Um, and, and often it's Adam Smith's division of labor. It's, it's not necessarily go down and volunteer at the, it's what I did at the beginning of the pandemic. I went to the local deli that was entrepreneurial and stayed open in the, in the lockdowns. And I walked to, walked to him and, you know, took my turn one person at a time into the shop <coughs> and said, look, I'm at the time I was living on my own in central London. Can I help you with deliveries? Mm-hmm. He said, you're the eighth person today to offer that. And I went, it's okay. I'll call you if I need you. Okay. And that's the sort of business that I think the truth is that the sort of business that has strong values and um, invests in their customers and their community around them actually generally get a hell of a lot of support in the tough times. But they're doing fine and they're expanded since. But the, the point really was for entrepreneurs, how can you best support your community? And what I did, this, is, this was like a light bulb for me. And I went back to my desk in my flat and, went, and I reached out to a bunch of networks and said, you know, put me in touch with business owners and let me just help them get through this crisis. Let me apply my skills as an entrepreneur and as a, as a crisis manager. So there are lots of different things. So I recognize we've gone over as we did last time we spoke. Sorry um, about that. Some closing words of, of as you move into wisdom space, as you kind of reflected in different words, some closing words of wisdom for our audience, Tom. It will be okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Be fine. That's that's all you need to know. Uh, chin up, growth mindset, love your neighbour, love your family, and just work smart. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Words of wisdom. Um, thank you so much for coming back on, Tom. And I know we've got a walk in the woods planned in a couple of weeks. I look forward to that too. Fantastic. Take care, Tom. Thank you.